When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Today's episode is reposted from our first year of the Coaching Coordinator podcast, and we have an in-season episode with Chris Wolf, the head football coach at Mail High School, who are currently ranked number one in Kentucky at 4-0 on the season. In this podcast, Coach talks about some ideas that help coaches in season. I'll put some links in the show notes to some of his courses that he has on Coach 2. Here's our episode with Coach Wolf. I am joined today by Mayo High School head football coach, Chris Wolf. Coach, it's great to have you back on the show, and uh, we're looking forward to talking about some topics that affect coaches in season today. I appreciate you having me, Keith. I always love talking football with you. Well, Coach, let's get right into it and talk about some of the things that you guys do that you feel give, gives you an edge in the season. I know one thing that, that we talked about you know, as we were getting ready for this interview was you like to use your good on good quite a bit throughout the season. Talk about that and what you guys do. Well, we definitely do. I, I think uh, there's probably every coach out there that's listening and have those days where the scout team just isn't getting it done. And frankly, the scout team can create more problems than there were. Got either second or third team guys on there, and they can't even run your offense as good as your one. So, so they don't do a great job. Uh, running the scout team. And a lot of times it's hard to find, to be honest, a, a good scout team coach. Uh, so I usually take that on myself as the head coach and I get their attention. But we really go good on good. Uh, we get our one one offense, one defense. And I mentioned, you know, we're a 6A public school. So even though a lot of the public schools in the state of Kentucky aren't very big, we're about 1,900 students. So we got about 850 boys or so, something like that. And we're thin in some spots. But for us to be successful and compete with the big private schools who have, you know, 1,400 boys or 1,200 boys or whatever, we're adamant that we've got a two platoon. And so when you're two platoon, you, you get 22 guys, hopefully that can play. Those guys can run offense and defense really well. So we, we really do focus on uh, keeping that competition level. Our thing about practice for us, and this is an earth shattering, but, you know, you're trying to get your guys to have a, a top level or championship focus at practice, uh, give great effort in practice and to compete. I mean, I think those three things is every coach is trying to do that. So how do you do that? Well, it just it just doesn't make any sense to have your top cornerback, and maybe he's a top-level guy, a power five or a D1 cornerback, 
going against a third-team wide receiver, he knows he can lock him down. How much focus and how much effort is this guy going to do? And is it really going to matter if if that third-team guy runs the corner route that they run on a certain play? He's going to get locked down anyway. So for us, we just run our best offense, uh, our ones against our one D. Sometimes we'll put – I'll run it and, and our, our ones will run a scout team. And sometimes they'll just run their stuff that they're really good at, and it's a competition. And so, uh, you, you hear a lot of a lot of talk about this competition. I think Pete Carroll talks about it quite a bit. That his his practice is all about competition. Certainly, Urban Meyer talks about that. So we've kind of taken that for us. And if we can't get a good scout team, which we haven't been able to, it's never maybe good enough. That we just figured that we'll run our stuff. There'll be competition in practice. Our guys will have to be focused or they'll, they'll look silly. They'll get beat by our number one receiver. We'll beat our number one quarterback if he's not on his game and, and vice versa. And they'll get beat. So they're going to have to bring some focus and competition. And so what do you sacrifice for that? You're going to sacrifice scheme. So you're going to sacrifice, hey, maybe we're not getting exactly the kind of scheme we want uh, from week to week. But would you rather have your guys focus and competing and running your stuff and making it fit against another team's uh, versus against another team's scheme, running your stuff uh, at a high level. So this is something we've done for the last three or four years. Every once in a while, I'll go back to trying to run a, a true scout team, and it really, I uh, just say, why do I do this? I, I just <laughs> pull my hair out. So I say, let's just get back to going good on good. Every once in a while, we'll have our ones run the other teams, the other team scouts, so we do have a good look at that. But it's just something we believe in is creating that focus and creating that, that uh, competition level in practice. And it's a very uh, John Wooden-like approach. It's something certainly he believed in. We're going to focus on us. That's the whole idea behind it and, and get better at what we do. How do you approach that? A lot of, of what you do is obviously built to beat the best teams on your schedule. Um, what's the approach when you maybe hit some of those odd schemes that you're facing and, you know, what's been the philosophy, uh, in right. yeah, versus that's those teams. I, I, we talked about that before I didn't mention. So we build our defense and I, and you go around the high schools, uh, around the country. I'm sure everybody knows, everybody knows who they got to be. There's traditional powers. Those things are not going to change. Uh, every once in a while, there'll be a class that comes through a public school or something, but for the most part, your traditional powers, and those guys have embedded schemes. So you've got, you've got to build your scheme to be able to send the best teams on your schedule, and you've got to build your offensive scheme to be able to move it. We know each other so well. It's kind of like the NFL. They play each other twice a year in the, in the conference, and so they know each other so well. So for us, you get into a dilemma as a coach. You say, okay, well, we're playing a non-district team. They run a little unorthodox scheme, or they run a couple of things offensively that may give our base scheme uh, some issues because our base scheme is designed to defend somebody else uh, in, in some other system and maybe not this system. So you have to make a decision. How much time am I going to devote to changing what we normally do to defend the best team on our schedule? How much time am I going to devote in practice to changing that versus, hey, let's just run our stuff and see how it goes. And if we have to change in the game, we'll make a change in the game, and hopefully we won't. So I know that's kind of out on a ledge because you become the fall guy if it doesn't work. You lose a game you shouldn't lose, you got to take ownership for it. But you also, you know, sometimes 
uh, as a coach, you got to take some big risks to get some big rewards. And if you know that, hey, man, we've got to be good at running this to defeat this team or be competitive against this team, then you kind of have to roll the dice there. So we've done that in years past. So a team that maybe shouldn't rush for a whole lot of yards against us, but we, we didn't really change our scheme and they get a few more yards here and there, uh, we just have to live with it. It's not a, We're not going to completely change what we do for an opponent that's uh, maybe a little unorthodox scheme that we're not going to see again. Now, some of those you just have to or you're going to look stupid. Luckily, in Kentucky, we don't have a whole lot of option teams, but I know if we had if we had a serious option team like a Georgia Tech or Navy, and I know in the college level those guys spend the offseason getting ready for them, uh, you can't really get away with it there. But in our, in our part of the uh, country and what we do, we would rather our guys get good at what we do, which is built to hopefully defend the best teams on our schedule. Coach, on the flip side – um, taking a look at how your offense fits into, uh, you know, this this philosophy. You know, how do you guys progress? You know, you talked about three seasons in, in Kentucky, and I think a lot of teams maybe see uh, in one way or another their season that way, whether it's a conference, non-conference conference and then playoffs, you know, versus what you guys have is a non-district district playoffs. So talk a little bit about how your offense progresses over the course of the season. Right. Well, you start with how much, you know, how much experience you have coming back. That's obviously the first key point to know where you're going to be at the beginning of the season. We're in a situation where uh, we have a new senior quarterback. Now this will be the, I guess the third year in a row. And it's probably going to be that way for some time. So we're always christening a new guy at the quarterback position. So, we kind of have to start back with our core. It's our, our vanilla stuff. What are we going to be good at? And like I always tell the guys, you got to be good at one thing before you can be good at two things. So early in the year for us in Kentucky, it usually works out to about the first six games, five or six games, between that you're playing a non-district team and you have to be good good at your base stuff. Then they kind of that one, like you mentioned, a non-district or – the first season, if you will, and you're running your core stuff. Then you get into, for us, week six or seven is our district. Well, now the district teams, as you know, they have six games on you. So you obviously going to still run your core stuff, but now that's where you start adding the wrinkles. You're going to be you're heavily in your self-scout and find out where you are and your tendencies. Your opponent's going to know that. And then in some of those big games, you're going to have to break those tendencies maybe at critical time to, to make a big play. And we've done that in the past. And then, you know, the, the third season, now when you get to the, the playoffs, you got to do it again. Because now those guys are looking at, well, let's look at what they did in the district. They're not relying a whole lot on the early season stuff. They're relying on the wrinkles that you've added to your base stuff in the play or in the district. And then in the playoffs, you're going to have to add a wrinkle on a wrinkle, if you will. Uh, you know, run the stuff out of a different formation, a different shift, a different motion. And I know a lot of people do that kind of stuff, but you got to keep it fresh and you got to try to break through those tendencies. And it's, it's critical that you know yourself, and you should, but you know yourself better than the opponent knows. You know what you like to run out of what and when you can break it. So that's kind of the game as far as the, the seasonal workflow, if you will, offensively. We're going to be very vanilla at the beginning, get good at our core, we start adding wrinkles in the district, and then in the playoffs, you got to add wrinkles on top of your wrinkles to try to keep the defense guessing and not being able to uh, lock in on, on uh, what you might be doing. 
Coach, you mentioned the self-scouting tendencies, and you know a, a lot of people look at those tendencies week to week and think they have to fix them right away. You know, we got to break this tendency this week. What's your philosophy on on those tendencies that you start to find over the course of the season, and, and when exactly do you think is the right time to uh, maybe to look to break a tendency? Yeah, we've definitely uh, had situations where we go week to week and we have a definite tendency in in a formation or an area of the field. And uh, depending on the opponent, we obviously want to change, we want to save those for the big games. You know, you get into we all have those formations where early in the year they're 100 percent run, but you get to week seven, it's still 100 percent run. What do you think that D coordinator on the other side of the ball is going to do when you line up in that? And we've had that before, and you know it. You, you put in that little pop pass or play action or whatever, and the guy's wide open. That's that's the kind of thing you have to do because those D coordinators are hanging on especially when they get to week seven, week eight, week nine, and then, of course, in the playoffs, if they're looking at a formation, a shift, uh, a motion, a personnel package where something's above 90%, you, you can be sure that they're going to be locked in on it. And so we, we would save it for an important game, um, a tough opponent, uh, you know, one of those rivalry games. All those games that you got to win to keep your job, those, <laughs> those are the times you want to use them. Of course, you want to try to do it. Uh, if, you, if you're losing the games that you're supposed to win, it's not going to matter uh, anyway. But you, you got to win those games where it's a 50-50 game or you might be an underdog or it's a big robbery and they expect you to win it every year. So so we do keep those things in our back pocket, knowing that, hey, we've got a big tendency here. This might be the week to show it. Or, you know, another thing is, like, I think a lot of people do this. You have that trick play. You're working on it all year, but you don't want to break it out in a game. You're up 30 points or 25 points or whatever. Uh, you just got to find the right spot. We've had trick plays we worked all year, and you never use them. I'm sure a lot of people have that kind of just the way it goes with those things. Coach, I know in looking at your philosophy of going good on good, a lot of people might be saying, geez, that's a lot of, of wear and tear on my players. That's a lot of hitting. Uh, what's your approach? And I know you do take approach uh, you know, where you, you have player safety and health in mind for the long haul because you guys are usually playing late in the season. So what's your approach to being able to dial back some of that contact as the season moves on? Well, first of all, we're a two platoon, but we are not deep. I mean, we've got 22 guys out there, and it would be easy for me to say, and I, I think there's other schools like this, but it would be easy for me to say my left tackle is not very good. But my defensive end is great. I got to play him on both sides of the ball, and I think I think there's some public schools in Kentucky that do that. But we know that if that if I give that left tackle ten games, by the time the playoffs come, he might be there. But if I don't do that, he's never going to get there. So we have to two. Pl- I, I just feel like it's a it's a competitive edge as a public school to force the two platoon. Even though yes, we we're not deep. And we may our backup may be on the defensive line, um, but uh, we feel like we have to do that. Now, with that being said, we're very careful about in practice. We're a rugby tackle system team. Uh, we have a rugby tackle system that we use, uh, so we we stay off our guys. Uh, but our defense gets a ton of work on tackling, and uh, so there's very little contact on our ones at all. Uh, but our guys have to fly to the ball. They have to fit up on the ball carrier and, and all the different things that you do as far as keeping it fast and keeping it competitive. And then one of the things that we'll do when we get later in the season as it starts to cool down a little bit, if we get to week 10 or 11 and that left tackle still a question mark, well, we'll actually probably see it week 7 or 8 because week 7 or 8, 
we'll start planning for the playoffs and say, all right, where are we with our with our starters and how how have these guys progressed? And do we think we can win our big games with these guys playing? If we're still questionable about it at that time, we, we'll start cross-training some of our better guys. And usually for us, our best guys go on the D-line first. And that's, that's unfortunate, but you can't stop the run. I mean, it, it's it's ugly. So we feel like you've got you've got to have your D lineman that can stop the run, and we're hoping to to put an offensive line together. You don't always have five guys. You, got, you might have to hide a guy. You might have a smaller guy that's fast and do screens well, but he's not a power blocker or whatever. You just work through that. But for us, when the playoff time comes, we start cross training near the end of the season when it starts getting cooler. So we can use some of those guys, not just linemen. We'll also use DBs or wide receivers and you start cross-training. Because I do think in a one-game situation where it's all or nothing, that you got to have your best guys on the field. If you get to week 11, 12, 13 in the playoffs and it's a one-game deal, I think you, you need to have plans for that. And so you can have both your guys on, 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 uh, on the field, your best guys on the field, if you will. But we don't use – we don't take to the ground hardly at all once we get into the season. And I'm very confident that we tackle pretty well. But I don't think you have to take people to the ground. during. The season. You're certainly not going to take our number one running back, and we're certainly not hitting our quarterback. Um, I think there's enough out there tackling systems where you can hit a moving target that may not be, may not be a person, but your guys can work on tracking and fitting, and there's a lot of carryover uh, to Friday night. And you get your guys really playing fast but but not finishing the hit in practice against your ones because they have to move fast. And those guys can get good at that. They can get good at flying to the ball and, and, and laying off the hit. But in your other periods on defense, we're working on tracking and fitting uh, with the shoulder tackle all the time. It seems it's worked for us. So when people say when they come out with uh, rules as far as you only got 90 minutes of contact or this and that, we don't we don't hardly ever even come close to whatever the rule is as mm-hmm. far as live contact taking people to the ground. Coach, here's the final question for you. In looking at all the different things you guys do in season, what would you say is is the thing that really helps you find the winning edge on game day? Well, I think Keith, all the things that I mentioned here, the one that I I'm a true believer in, and and if you listen to the the best of the game, it's all about competition. You can't have practice. You can't have quality practice without competition. So whatever you have to do to get a quality practice and have those guys compete, for us, it's good on good, and that's what's worked for us. And uh, we live and die with it, and we feel like our guys can play fast on Friday night. And if they're playing fast, it'll make up for for any issues that they have as far as assignments. So uh, we're looking for maximum effort and maximum focus on those guys. So good competition and practice. I think carries over to Friday night. Coach, I appreciate you taking the time here during the season. Best of luck to you and the team as you guys progress through uh, the rest of 2017. Okay, Keith. Appreciate it. As always, we get great ideas from our guests both in season and out, and that was another good one from Coach Wolf at Mail High School. He has some courses on Coach Tube, one on hybrid linebackers, the other on some blitzes, and I'll put the link to that in the show notes. Check out all we're doing at coachingcoordinator.com and follow me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski.